This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome everybody. How you doing? It is a brand new week and what a week it was last. Well, we might talk about some of that stuff as we go on for the first half hour of, of Talk Back this morning. Talk Back is brought to you this morning by Phillips Janitorial, where they offer both residential and commercial cleaning uh, for your you know, home or your business. And uh, they bring tired and dirty carpets back to life and they'll Spruce up your whole place. No job is too big or small. Call 406-260-6617. Also brought to you by Y West Storage out at the Y on Two Smokes Way. And they do have pri- the storage available. Pricing and availability at 406-510-0590. They're making room for you at Y West Storage. And by our newest sponsor, Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold, Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts is everything you need to make sure your rig starts every time this winter. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service at Palmer and West Broadway. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Well, here we are. It is a brand new week, and uh, that's a brand new Nick Christensen over there. Good morning, Nick. Sweet. Nice. <laughs> no, one, no one let me know. Great. You look so young and fresh. <laughs> yeah, I know it, that's it, not true. It, it, anyway, anyway... Um, <laughs> Let's see, God, what what could we be talking about this morning? Did anything happen over the weekend? I this has become like the the Monday morning <laughs> recap. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. I do believe there was uh, one of those uh, one of those football games. A and, big one. Yeah, and uh, the University of Montana Grizzlies are <laughs> headed to Frisco, Texas. And in case you've been living under a rock for a while and just crawled out and don't realize what all the hubbub was about on Saturday and through the weekend, uh, the Montana Grizzlies headed to uh, Frisco, Texas after beating a very, very good North Dakota State team. It came quite literally right down to the last second in double Mm. overtime. Mm. And uh, way to go, Grizz. They pulled it out. One overtime last week wasn't enough for the boys, so they figured out, let's have two this week. And Really give our fans a heart attack. Absolutely. God, I mean, yeah. the, it's uh, we were talking about <laughs> after the game, and it's almost it almost feels like fate at this point. I mean, the the yeah the way these last two games have gone and right. playoff games. I mean, yeah, it's it's just crazy. I hope they uh, find it in them to win one last game against by far the best team they've played all year. You so bet. We'll see. Now the, there are two schools of thought here. The one is. Uh, South Dakota State's had a fairly easy time, get, you know, getting through their playoffs and all. You know, they and they won like like four hundred to nothing or <laughs> yeah. what, whatever it might be, right? So they have a fairly easy time. Whereas the Grizzlies have had to fight and scratch and claw and do everything they can uh, to uh, to get to the national championship game. So with that, who gets the edge? Is it the better rested team or is it the team with fire in their belly? Well, I think a lot of it. Uh kind of tempers down because of the long break they have to have. Yeah. I think if the Grizz and uh, and SDSU were playing this coming up weekend, Saturday, yeah. while the Grizz still kind of had all this momentum, right, right. I think it, that would play into it. But the championship game, for those of you that don't know, isn't until January 7th. Which is a Sunday, yeah. by the way. So we got a lot of time, you know, layoffs, players go and do their... I'm not sure how it works, you know, if you're in a championship game, but, you know, it's their students too, right? So, like, right. they're going to go and enjoy their holidays and do 
you know, New Year's stuff. And I'm just, I'm not exactly what their schedule is going to be. <laughs> but you just, you know, you have those distractions where right. it's like right now, you know, it's like you're a horse with blinders on and you're, you know, you have the goal in mind. And, um, and anytime you have a delay for, I mean, any kind of competition, it does kind of temper it a little bit. Well, so, uh, well, congratulations to Coach Hauk. And, oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. uh, the last time he was in the national championship game was way back in 2009. And I remember that epic game against App State uh, that sent us to the national championship. But unfortunately, we lost that one. But, uh, hey... Uh, we, we won in 1995, we won in 2001, and we've been in the national championship game several times, but have come up short. So that dang neutral site, I just, I, I wish someone <laughs> could I, explain to me how that's better for the sport. I know you can't really give one team an advantage in a championship game, but it's like, I mean, I don't know, the, the money that the Grizz end up bringing in for the NCAA, especially having home games. It's like, yeah, I, it'd be, it'd be awesome to have one more game here, but I don't Yeah, I get it. It's not fair, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> anyway, but we're up against our first break. Hey, it's open phones folks for the first half hour. And then we have the KGVO book club with uh, doctors, uh, Michael Mayer and, uh, and uh, our friend, uh, Dr. Mirdad Kia. Kia over at the university of Montana history professors, both. So what are we talking about today? Uh, the War on the West Ooh. by Douglas Murray. How to Prevail in the Age of Unreason. Ooh, cool. The That's War nice. on the West. Yes. Sounds almost like a Narnia book. <laughs> yeah. or, or, or should yeah. I say a Lord of the Rings book? That'd, that'd be yeah. maybe more interesting. I don't know. <laughs> this is more politics. But oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> Which there's politics need, in those. We need some yeah. Aragon, Aragorn <laughs> stuff in there. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, the phone lines are open. What's on your mind? you want to talk about the national championship game? Or are you... <sighs> <laughs> Drained. Exhausted. Anyway, <laughs> give us a call, 721-1290, whatever might be on your mind this morning. That's what we want to talk about for the next 20 minutes. So give us a call. We'll be right back after this. Wealth. I'm Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. An air stagnation advisory remains in effect for areas of freezing fog, spreading off to mostly cloudy skies this afternoon with highs just below freezing. Things should start to change overnight tonight as we see a disturbance push in that could bring some mixed precipitation for the Tuesday morning commute with possible snow showers or freezing rain. But that should stop by midday as we warm up just above freezing. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with highs in the upper 30s. Back to some sun and highs in the 40s on Thursday. Okay, welcome back. It's Talk Back. It's open phones for another oh, 15 minutes or so. Phone lines are surprisingly silent this morning, Mr. Nick. Mm, hmm. Maybe it's the morning fog. That I don't could, know. could be the, uh, the, the, the post-game hangover, but that was a day ago, so <laughs> yeah. what the heck. Anyway, what's on your mind this morning? Uh, by the way, I have uh, sent an email to the mayor of Frisco, Texas for an interview Find out about Frisco since we're going there. Uh, we, you know what, you know, what kind of things to look for, what kind of attractions aside from the game, of course, which is on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, I, from, I I spoke with uh, Tom McLaughlin at Paradise Falls. He said he's already got his charter going, and uh, they are leaving on Friday and coming back on Monday. So. Uh, and, and from what I understand from uh, the interview I did with Dave Kuntz, the spokesperson for the, for the University of Montana, the stadium at Frisco, Texas is smaller than ours. It holds about 20,000 people. <laughs> so, Isn't that cute? Uh, yeah, and, and, uh, and Dave provided some information there on how to, if you want to go, if you want to be part of a charter, if you want to book your own flight and do your own stuff. Um, 
Frisco is not a huge town, right? No, it's expensive though. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I think they they based it based off of how many guests you're going to have in a room, but it it yeah. starts at like twenty six hundred dollars and Whee! works your way down to about twenty four hundred dollars per person. So okay. yeah, it's it's a pricey <laughs> pricey package if you do the whole thing. Anyway, you bet. Just so people know. Okay, we got some calls coming in this morning. It is open phones for the next oh for that day. one two three uh, counting fingers fourteen minutes because it's eight sixteen. Uh, the telephone lines are open at seven two one twelve ninety or one eight hundred five six eight five three zero nine. We have Jerry. Jerry, good morning. Whoop, let's get this, push this button right there. Jerry, good morning. You're on Talkback. Hi, what's on your mind, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. I hope you had a nice weekend. I was wondering, could you uh, run down your, your holiday schedule so we know what to expect this week? Or when you guys are going to take off for a well-deserved vacation? Uh, yeah, we're going to be off all next week. And I'm going to be off, uh, when am I going to be off this week? Wednesday and Thursday. So we'll have a show, a live show today, tomorrow, a couple best ofs. And then Friday we'll have a live show um, with Peter Stark and uh, the mayor of Missoula. And that'll cap off the year. And then, yeah, the, the whole week between Christmas and New Year's, we will be out of here. So, Okay, great. So we... we- I can plan my break from the holiday <laughs> Christmas marathon. As long as you come back. It's <laughs> driving nuts, nothing but Christmas on the Hallmark Channel in my house. Oh, but, you, uh, you, okay. you, you and me both. Uh, can, we, can we talk about that for a second? I mean, sure. I, my, my, my wife, I, of course, we have, we have a TV in the basement. And my wife come home, comes home for work and automatically I'm, I'm kicked upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I've had a hard day. I want to watch Hallmark. And so the Hallmark movies, they're all in their 30s. They're not married. They're gorgeous. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> I do not understand the Hallmark thing. I, I really don't get it. Believe it or not, in my house, it started in July. Oh, my. Christ- Christmas in July. I'm walking out there. It's 90 <laughs> degrees. It's 90 degrees. And my wife is in the house watching Christmas movies. Hmm. Um, let me tell you something. After talkback is over with, I walk out in the garage and walk around. I walk around and I'm lost <laughs> until the end. I'm like, oh my god, how can you watch so many movies about Christmas? Hmm. Well, and, and it's 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 all it's always the same, right? The, the 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 two meet. At first, they don't like each other very much, and then they start. Well, not too bad. She's 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 all right, and then and then they have a little argument, and then they make up, and then they fall in love, and at the very very end, at the very 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 end, they smooch, and when they smooch, you know the credits are coming up, right? Hmm. Yep. <laughs> Uh, okay, well I, was, well, I was wondering what the Christmas schedule was, so I can expect when to hear you guys this week. And and I'll, I'll talk to you before then. But you guys, uh, yeah, well deserved vacation, and I hope you and your family, Mister Nick, Peter, I hope you guys have a very merry Christmas. And the same Thanks, to you, Jerry. Jerry. Thank you. It's guys like you and folks like you that that really make this show worthwhile. We really appreciate it because it's really all about the callers. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. One eight hundred five six eight five three zero nine. We're up against our next break already, if you can believe that. And we have open phones for ten more minutes. So, what's going on in your life? Uh, you want to talk about property taxes? You want to talk about a special session? You want to talk about, you know, the Grizzlies or whatever? Uh, it's open phones for the next oh, ten minutes. We'll be back right after this. The holidays are the. All right, crew. Let's get her done. 
Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. That's the best part. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you along. 721-1290 is our number. It's open phones for another seven and a half minutes. I believe Nancy is on the line. Hey, Nancy, good morning. You're on TalkBack. Hi. And good morning, Peter. Hey, I have to apologize. I apologize to Nick already. I... <laughs> When I was talking about AI last week, you said something. I misunderstood what you said about uh, KG, KGBO wouldn't be needed anymore, and I, I said that would be a good thing, and I didn't mean that at all. It would be a terrible loss for us. I apologize. I did not mean to say that. Oh, well, that's fine. I, I must have gone right over my head because I, yeah. It's not fine, no. But anyway, um, I just wanted to, uh, I usually lay off um, politics during the Holy Week Christmas, but uh, I have to say something about uh, uh, Joe Biden's um, distorted uh, video on the classic Russian uh, ballet, The Nutcracker, which was absolutely pathetic, and uh, it was shocking to me, and tax dollars should not have been wasted on its production. And, of course, we know that the Russians uh, produced this wonderful ballet in the late 1800s during the Victorian age, and nutcrackers were a very popular Christmas gift item during that time in history. And uh, this beautiful, wonderful ballet was brought to the United States during World War II. So it's a shame that that happened. And all I want to say is uh, Merry Christmas to everyone, uh, Peter and uh, Nick, and to your families, and uh, to all the faithful listeners and callers into KGVO, uh, Peter and and, and the Nick uh, broadcast here. God bless you all, and I hope that you have a all your wishes come true for Christmas. Well, they already have. Nancy, thank you so much. Appreciate it.
Okay, have right. a great day. And the same to you, ma'am. Thank you. By the way, speak, speaking of the nutcracker, if I could just delve back, uh, Dr. Michael Mayer is joining us in the studio. Good morning, sir. Morning. All right. Uh, years and years and years and years and years ago, okay, when my wife and I were first married over 40 years ago, she was part of a, uh, a little ballet sort of class, and uh, a, a wonderful lady named Kitty Vanderlidy uh, put together the Nutcracker Ballet, uh, and I... I recorded the music on a reel-to-reel tape recorder for them, right? you got to remember, this is like the early 80s. And, uh, and we were at, gosh, I think we were at the Hellgate High School gym. And, and uh, for some reason, I don't know why, as, as, the, as the evening went on, the tape recorder began to go a little bit slow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm out there just trying to keep it up to charity. <laughs> and so it was, it, it was a lot of laughter in the audience, but hmm. every, everybody, everybody was a good sport. Let's put it that way. Yeah, anyway. But that, that's what I remember about the Nutcracker. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nobody ever asked me to dance, and I was so, uh, yeah, I was so upset. <laughs> anyway. Phone lights are I got nothing left. for that. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> Peter in a tutu. I don't think yeah. no, that would be the end of the world as we know it. But anyway, uh-huh. 721-1290 is our number. We have a couple minutes left. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Uh, we, I've, I, we had a pretty good win on, on Saturday. Oh, man. So, now, where were you? I was watching it on TV really? and texting with somebody who was actually there. Really? Yeah. And what what was what was going on there? Where where were they? What what part of the stadium were they? Uh, it's toward toward the end zone. Really? Yeah. Which one? North or south? I don't know. Okay. Well, the north end zone is where all the crazy. Oh yeah, are. right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where I, I reside. Yeah, so, the, yeah, the south end zone where the band right. there's where the band yeah, right. is at and all that stuff. So anyway. Yeah, it, it was uh, an absolutely amazing game, and uh, being the public address announcer, I got to tell you, uh, what what an honor it was to be able to, uh, at the very, very end, when uh, uh, the young man, number eight, uh, intercepted the pass for the two-point conversion, and I had the chance to say, the Montana Grizzlies are going to the national championship. You know, of course, the crowd couldn't hear me. They were yelling and screaming too loud. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was a, it was something. Yeah, that was that was amazing. And and Junior Bergen, Junior Bergen, that kid. I got to tell you, the second coming of Mark Mariani. Well, I'll tell you what he, he and he is such a humble, godly kid. I I have had a chance to watch interviews with him, and he's he's amazed. Very humble young man gives all the glory to God and said, "Hey, the teammates cleared the way. I just all I did was walk into the end zone." So anyway. When you have a return guy like that, there's a great incentive to throw a block. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, and he and I am so glad that the Grizzlies were playing all the, all the time during all the portal mess, right? Because can you imagine how many wonderful kids would have been sna- could have been snatched up by the portal? So uh, we're we're we were very blessed to have our team all together all the way through the playoffs. So anyway, uh, who's who's on the line? Oh, Mir- oh, Mirdad. Okay. <laughs> Mirdad, Keith. The gang's all here. Yeah. All right. Well, tell you what, let's go ahead and take our break now. We're about a minute and a half away from the bottom of the hour. So we'll go ahead and do that. And we have The War on the West by Douglas Murray is the, is the title of our book today. And so we will get into that and take your phone calls and talk about this, as you folks always do. Uh, give us a call at 721-1290. We're coming right back with uh, Dr. Mirdad Kia, Dr. Michael Mayer, and the KGVO Book Club right after this.
I'm Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. An air stagnation advisory remains in effect for areas of freezing fog, burning off to mostly cloudy skies this afternoon with highs just below freezing. Things should start to change overnight tonight as we see a disturbance push in that could bring some mixed precipitation for the Tuesday morning commute with possible snow showers or freezing rain. But that should stop by midday as we warm up just above freezing. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with highs in the upper 30s. Back to some sun and highs in the 40s on Thursday. All right, welcome everybody. It is 831 and it's time to kick off the KGVO Book Club for this month. And uh, once again, we have on the phone Dr. Dr. Mirdad Kia joining us here in the studio, Dr. Michael Mayer. Uh, Dr. Dr. Kia is still at the University of Montana. Dr. Mayer recently retired, uh, both professors of history. And uh, we have uh, a great book. Uh, so gentlemen, who wants to start out? Mike? Oh, uh, Dr. Kia, please go ahead, sir. Um, uh, thank you very much. Good morning, Peter and uh, Nick. Uh, first and foremost, I apologize if uh, I sound a bit groggy. It's uh, it's uh, a marathon of uh, correcting papers uh, for our uh, final uh, projects for our wonderful students at University of Montana. So uh haven't had much sleep <laughs> as a result. I thought maybe it might be a little bit hoarse after the game, I, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that game was also wonderful to watch, and seeing the Grizz going to the championship game, we wish them the best, and uh, an impressive victory it was. You bet. It was, uh, really, I was thrilled to see them win, and we want them to go all the way. But we both know that South Dakota State is a very, uh, very challenging uh, opponent. So we want them to play their best game. Uh, at any rate, we are now um, um, talking today about a very, what seems to be a very controversial book, uh, which is The War on the West. And um, <clears throat> The War on the West is written by Douglas Murray. Uh, Mike will uh, talk about Douglas Murray in detail, but uh, he is uh, a prolific writer. He is British, and uh, he has been labeled many things, um, especially by those who don't like uh, uh, what he's saying, basically, especially those on the left. Uh, sometimes um, I, I, I was noticing that he has even been called a fascist, but these days uh, these kinds of labels are pretty common, especially by those who don't <clears throat> like uh, to hear any other opinion but their own. Uh, so uh, he is somebody you can actually see at times um, on you know various media channels. Um, he was actually covering the uh, the war between Israel and Hamas and. Um, I see him giving interviews on I-24, uh, the Israeli TV, uh, about his observations in the war. But this book is about something very different. This book is about uh, uh, what has happened to Europe as a result of uh, millions of refugees um, going to Europe and changing the culture and what he calls the European civilization. And uh, he is expressing basically um, a ver his grave concern about the uh, transformation of Europe uh, from a place which uh, 
which uh, basically had its own uh, unique civilization, culture, and history to a place where uh, more or less it has become a battleground uh, between uh, various groups, but also ideologies, especially uh, radical Islam and the kind of uh, challenges that has brought to not only the British society, but also uh, the rest of Europe. So with that very brief introduction, I will pass it to Mike to ask him to uh, carry the torch, basically. Okay, yeah. okay. Thank, thanks, Merida. <laughs> um, yeah. a, a friend uh, called me on, um, I think it was Friday, and he, he said that uh, he knew we'd be talking about this book. He's read it. And he said, isn't this about a war that's already over? Haven't we already lost, in a sense? And uh, it's a very good question. And I think Murray is, is, is quite concerned about that, about that prospect. Although, again, you see signs of, of reaction against it. Um, the book is kind of about... Uh, Murray wrote a book a few years ago called The Strange Death of Europe, which elaborated at great length on just the points that Meridad was making, and then he sort of makes those points, picks up from there, because here, his, his discussion of the war on the West is a war within the West uh, for, for control, essentially, of, uh, of culture. As, uh, you know, people talk about culture wars, and he says this is, this is what's happening. And in, in a curious way, it's, a, it's an elaboration on a, a joke that you, people used to tell back in the 90s. You know, the, they used to say that uh, you know, the, the resolution of the culture wars was that the left got to run the English departments and the right got to run the, run the rest of the world. And, uh, but what they missed was they also got to run the educate, left also got to run the education departments. And that has had an enormous uh, consequence over a number of years and also the influence in the media. And... When he talks about the war on the West, he's talking about people within the West, uh, some who are people who have recently arrived in the West, but many who have been, you know, who, who are residents here. Would you, would you allow me to ask you the, the, the dummy question of the day? Okay, when you say the West, what do you mean? Yeah, well, it, what, what, uh, what Murray means is Europe... England, um, if you want to make a distinction between Europe mm -hmm. and England, right. and the United States, Australia, New Zealand, um, as opposed to Russia, China, right? Okay. Exactly, and and, um, and what used to be called the Third World or developing right. countries, or, okay. or, or or whatever. And um, his his point is that this is a culture war, and he he says people talk uh, about equity, but they don't really care about equality. Uh, they talk about anti-racism and propose racist solutions. Um, they claim they're for justice. What they mean that he might, says. that makes him make him very very popular, right? Just yeah, saying and, things like that. Yeah, and he says they, they 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 claim to speak for justice. What what they mean is revenge, and he points out that people who criticize the West do not apply that same set of standards, the same criticisms to other cultures. Uh, he, he gives a wonderful example. He said, authors who refuse to let their books be translated into Hebrew uh, delight when they're translated into Chinese. And um, it, it, it's exactly the point. There's one standard of human rights or whatever it is for, for Western countries, one standard, a very different standard uh, for non-Western countries. And, um, you know, he, he makes the point that all societies throughout history um, have have racism. Uh, it, it, it's yeah, it's it's not um, it, it's it's not an astonishing thing. 
but that we don't hold Africa, the Middle East, uh, India, China um, to the same standards that, that, that these critics hold the West. And since we're coming up on a break, I'll stop there and pick up when we get back. Yeah, but it, it just seems like there, there's, there, there's a, a universal understanding that people on the West are narrow and brittle and all that, and the people on the, on the other side are generous and warm and forgiving and kind and all that stuff, and we're just mean and nasty people. Anyway, so I'm not sure if that's if that adequately describes what's going on or not. <laughs> well, at least according to these critics, uh, according to Murray, um, uh, that's that, that's pretty that's pretty much the case. Um, and he, he, he points out that uh, minority groups in the West in general are treated better than at any time uh, in history. And they're being and we're constantly being told that things have never been worse. Right. And in fact, things have been a lot worse. We're going to come right back. Phone lines are open, by the way. Love to hear from you this morning. That's what the, the KGVO Book Club is all about, to spark discussion about things going on in our world. And we would love to hear from you. The number is 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. Now you can also use the KGVO app. If you haven't already downloaded that, I hope you will. Uh, thousands of people have. It's so simple to use. You just go to the App Store, download it. You can hit that Message Us button, and it'll go straight to Mr. Nick. And we'll make sure your message uh, gets up on Talkback. So we're coming right back. 721-1290 is our number. Back after this. Testosterone level. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, Talk Back, the KGVO Book Club going on right now. The War on the West is uh, being discussed today by Douglas Murray, Dr. Michael Mayer, Dr. Mirdad Kia, both joining us. Uh, Dr. Kia on the phone, Dr. Mayer here in the studio. And we have callers, so let's jump right in. I'd like to get you folks on uh, first as quickly as we can. Nancy, good morning. You're on Talk Back on the KGVO Book Club. Go ahead, please. Well, good morning, and you're two of my most favorite uh, contributors to TalkBack show, so God bless you, and thank you for being here, and Merry Christmas to both of you. And I have to say this, in, in his book, at the beginning, it says, it's a cultural war and is being waged remorselessly against all the roots of Western tradition and against everything good that the Western tradition has produced. And uh, he claims that in... Uh, Douglas Murray says that the virus, sadly, is here um, in America, is worse the worst right now. Now, I just want to uh, say something that as a child, I, I grew up in a very anti-government family. And I was told as a youth that there was only a handful of men, and we know it's more like 3,000 today, that ruined and governed the world. And, of course, the Rothschild family is one of these. And um, I... I am contributing all of this to their greedy globalist uh, movement, uh, the World Economic Forum, and the New World Order. Um, do you think this is the truth? And these men, they want total control of the world, and I think that this is going to backfire because the, they can't control the whole world. We're, we're all so different, and human nature will not allow this. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, and thank you so very much. All right, Nancy, thanks for the, thanks for the call. Gentlemen, go ahead. Well, th thank you for the call and, and for the comments. I, I think... It's not. There's not a cabal of, of people, as you say. They're just. They're just too many diverse power centers. Um, the people who control China are different from the people who control uh, various countries in Europe and and the United States and and other countries there's, and India. Um, but I, I think the the, the point you, you you made about the uh, culture war, which is right at the beginning of the first chapter in in Murray's book, is, is an important one because. Um, 
we've seen attacks on every institution in the United States, is Murray's point, from uh, he talks about uh, race and, and uh, arguments about critical race theory, um, attacks on history, historical figures, uh, taking down statues, um, the, the 1619 Project, the, uh, the, the wild card use of words like genocide, um, the attack on the Enlightenment itself, um, and he says that, 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 that this is really, this is dangerous, that, that this will undermine the culture that we've brought. It, it, one of the points that he makes is the West is often attacked for what it did wrong. And he said, look, he's not denying that there's anything wrong. Uh, of course there is, but he points out there's no credit given to the West for what it did right. Uh, and some of the things that he points out that the West did right was uh, individual rights, uh, religious liberty, Political pluralism, uh, science, medicine, the Constitution uh, of the United yeah, States, <laughs> yeah, free, free markets, and, and so on. Yeah. And but also the, these attacks have produced, among other things, a generation that doesn't even understand free thought um, or free expression. Uh, and the polls are are pretty consistent about this. And it's frightening that we that we've raised a generation of little red guardists who who have no respect for institutions the con or the constitution and who have, have been indoctrinated to 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 a degree to, to well to such an extent that they that they don't even associate with the values i mean it's always been true and uh, maybe jeff will call in and point it out that, that people have not lived up to our constitutional um promises and and and, and people really don't believe in free speech they believe in free speech for what they agree with but um and it, it's but we, there was at least lip service. Now, there's, there, as he points out, there are direct attacks on the Constitution um, itself and whether or not we should be governed by an 18th century document written by basically dead white males. Tell you what, let's, let's get uh, Hella, uh, Helena on the line. We'd like to get our callers on as quickly as possible. Helena, good morning. Uh, welcome to the KGVO Book Club. Go ahead, please. Yeah, thank you. I had a question um about about 20 years ago, there was a phrase clash of civilizations that was used in discussing um, the West's relationship, uh, chiefly, I think they used it in discussions about Islam. Um, does Murray talk about that particular um, approach, for lack of a better word, um, in this book? and Or has it kind of gone out of date and there are other... Um, um, ideas that have taken its place. Thank you. I'll uh, listen offline. Yeah, thanks. That's a, it's, a, it's a very good question. The clash of civilizations referred to uh, an, of a clash of... Uh, let, let me go back a bit. Um, people started talking about clash of civilizations in the debates over the American Civil War over whether it was uh, about slavery, whether it was um, uh, about states' rights. I mean, the Southern, that was the Southern argument. Um, obviously, it was about slavery, but it was also about, uh, as, as historians began to argue in the 70s and 80s, uh, a clash of civilizations, one based on um, free, free labor, uh, free men, uh, which was the, Repu the Republican small-R ideology of, of the North, and one based on slavery in the South. And the, there was a whole set of, of cultural and uh, governmental and other uh, institutions grew up around these two different views and that, that this led to a clash of civilizations. And 
the clash of civilizations that Helen was talking about in the 90s was, was really about, you know, the emerging Islamists and, and, and the early decades of this century, the emerging Islamist view of the world and the, um, and, and the Western view of the world. Murray is more talking about a clash within the West, attacks on the West uh, from within. Oh, uh, Mirda, did yeah, you want to comment I, before we take yeah, a break? Go ahead. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, that's precisely the case. He talks about <clears throat> the crash from within the Western societies and the view that basically says West is uh, <clears throat> responsible for all its own problems because it has brought it upon itself by having a history of colonialism, imperialism, dominating other nations and countries, stealing their resources, and now they're paying for it, and we shouldn't complain about it. And the reason uh, the West is going through this is because so many people from the former colonies are not coming to uh, the mother country. You know, Pakistanis and Indians and uh, many African countries are coming to uh, UK. Uh, the Algerians, the Moroccans, the uh, Tunisians, and the Senegalese are all coming to France, you know. So you are paying for the evils of being colonial powers. And he's he's not denying the fact that European countries had uh, colonial administrations and colonial rule, but he says that if you go with this sort of line of thought based on a feeling of guilt about your own history and about what has happened, you're going to lose an element of who you are in the end as a European society with rule of law, with constitutional form of government, with parliamentary democracy, separation of religion from the state, equal rights for women, uh, and equal rights for minorities as well. So, and, and the list is very long. And he says that Europe, as a result of... Uh, feeling <clears throat> guilty about its own past and just bringing down the borders and allowing a lot of people from a lot of different places come in and its leaders accepting that uh, premise is basically losing its uh, its main culture and political characteristics. And with that, we're up against a break. Phone lines are open. 721-1290 is our number. This is uh, the KGVO Book Club, The War on the West by Douglas Murray. Under discussion right now. If you've read it, give us a call. If you'd like to find out what it's about or comment with our guests, please do. Our phone lines are open at 721-1290. We'll be back right after this. Back, it's uh, it's the KGVO Book Club going on right now, The War on the West. And we have about two, four minutes or so before we have to take our, our top of the hour break. Our guests, of course, uh, our host, I should say, Dr. Mirdad Kia, Dr. Michael Mayer. And we have Rich on the line. Rich, good morning. You're on Talkback. Please go ahead, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to do the app comment. Oh, please really go quick. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Uh, David from the post office said, uh, if convenient and possible, could you let people know that today is the last day for priority mail to reach destinations by Christmas for the lower 48? All other postal rates have passed besides priority and priority express. All three Missoula post offices are open for our patrons to ship their parcels. I wanted to say uh, thank you to everyone at KGVO and Merry Christmas. Well, thank so you. Anyway, and thanks for letting us know that. Appreciate yep. that. Thank you. Okay. Now I believe we can get yeah. to Rich. Rich, good morning. You're on Talkback. Hi. Good morning. How you doing? Good, sir. Um, I just had a real quick uh, follow-up right away at the top of the show. Michael brought up the fact that he has a bit of a contrarian friend that uh, brought the point that uh, the war is already lost and I don't think that question was ever answered and 
I guess I'd like to, uh, a little bit of a more historical perspective on that. If you guys could cover that a little bit better, that'd be great. Thank sure. you. We have three minutes. Yeah. Michael, go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Rich. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a very good point. Um, I guess the, the jury is still out, although I think you begin to see signs of a reaction against this. And ironically, COVID had something to do with because parents were exposed to what their kids were getting in schools, and which is one of the things that Murray talks about. And you saw this reaction of parents um, defiantly confronting school boards about, about curricula. And, and other, getting arrested. Uh, yeah, and getting arrested for right. or having the FBI investigate them for, um, for their trouble. And I think there are pushbacks. I mean, some of these things that, that Mur the examples that Murray gives, particularly from America and England, seem to be so extreme that you would think that uh, it, it's almost a caricature, but unfortunately it's not. And when it gets to that point, it does seem to generate a pushback in, in some regards. And in fact, the, even the last call before we went, we went on, uh, Nancy's call, um, uh, indicated some of some of that sense that you know can't you leave the nutcracker alone you know this kind of this kind of thing you know, right. it, it's an important sort of landmark of, of of Western culture do we have to redefine it and reimagine it and all the, all this kind of stuff along the lines of our current political con and um, identity concerns. Beardab, we have two minutes. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I I, th I think that um, in some ways um, the 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 conflict still goes on in terms of uh, what the identity of the country uh, should be as a whole. And uh, Murray actually, you know, this is my reading, and Mike might uh, disagree with it. He does not oppose diversity, or he does not um, um, oppose inclusivity. Absolutely but not. Yeah. That, what's that? Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he actually uh, believes that uh, there is an ideological line in the Western uh, democracies, especially in the political system, uh, which wants to push the country to actually believe that we are the evil ones, you know, that what we are getting is a result of our own actions. That, for example, political Islam, you know, though violent, though sometimes uh, manifesting itself in forms of terrorism, is a natural byproduct of what uh, we have done, meaning as Westerners. And uh, I have to tell you, uh, just, uh, you know, Mike and I were actually talking about it yesterday. We actually have people in very high places in. Uh, this administration, I, I, I can go to other administrations, perhaps, who, who actually believe that Hamas, for example, uh, are actually legitimate liberation movements. And uh, they actually work in the Biden administration. And uh, they actually believe that the Iranian regime, though very violent and fascistic, is a result of a very positive revolutionary change in Iran. Uh, they, they, there are people who actually believe that, uh, uh, you know, we are the ones who are responsible for Mir what is coming upon us. Mir Dad, and uh, it, it is that line of thought that is very dangerous. Okay, we're, we're, out of, we're out of time this hour. We'll be back after the top of the hour. Continue. Stay with us. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. 
Missoula's news and weather station. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two of the Monday edition of Talkback rolling right along this morning. Brought to you by, and I do love saying that, brought to you by Y West Storage, located out at the Y on Two Smokes Way. You need storage? Hey, the pricing and availability is available. If I get that at 406-510-0590 at Y West Storage, we're making room for you. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial, offering both residential and commercial cleaning with their powerful steam extraction method, bringing tired and dirty carpets back to life. Give them a call, 406-260-6617, and by Gomer's U. U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold it gets in the morning, Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts has everything you need to make sure your rig starts every time. Located here in Missoula at Palmer and West Broadway. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Hey, welcome back to KGBO Book Club. Rolling right along this morning. The questions are over there taking your phone calls. Uh, we have Dr. Michael Mayer here in the studio, Dr. Mirdad Kia on the phone. And gentlemen, the KGBO Book Club continues. We already have callers waiting. You want to kick things off? or Let's go to the Oh, callers. let's go right to the callers. All right. Uh, Mr. Wingnut. Good morning, Mr. Nutt. You're on. Go ahead, please. Well, good morning. You know, I really look forward to reading this book, being familiar with uh, quite a bit of what Douglas Murray has said, especially recently. Um, but, you know, I found it to be almost his observations, almost a litany of, of depressing things, I guess I would say, you know, especially when he gets into the uh, that we have allowed you know, suspension of rational or logical thought. Even in the, the STEM fields of math and and medicine and, and mathematics, and as the great prophet George Orwell says, you know that two plus two will equal five. And as he wrote that, and it, it came to be. Um, but then, you know, I got to reflecting and, and reading later on, and it, it really all comes down to you know personal choices. You know, as Murdad said, you know, talking about are we going to feel feeling guilty? Or do we feel vengeful? Or life is unfair? Or are we part of the you know the victim mentality? And you know it comes down to a personal choice of you know do we choose to accept what is true and what is not true? And I would like to read just a couple sentences from his uh, chapter on page two twelve in um, gratitude. If you bear with me for just a couple sentences. There are many attitudes that we all take in our lives, some which dominate at one point in our lives and recede in another. But a life lived without gratitude is not a life properly lived. It is life that is lived off kilter, one in which, incapable of realizing that you have what you have to be thankful for, you are left with nothing but your resentments and can be contented by nothing but revenge. So, you know, the cure for a lot of this is in the Christian philosophy of you know, giving thanks always and in everything. So that's, you know, gratitude will help overcome. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Mr. Wingnut. Gentlemen, uh, your comments. Uh, Michael, Dr. Kira. Dr. Kia, go ahead. Um, I, I completely agree with Mr. Wingnut, and I really appreciate his, uh, his comment. Uh, very much to the point. Let me just add one thing uh, based on that excellent comment. You know, I I think so much of uh, 
what he's worrying about, and uh, I, I think many others. And it doesn't matter where they land politically on the left, middle, right, whatever. Uh, is that there is a great deal of emotionalism, but at the same time, thoughtlessness. Uh, here, uh, we I, mean, I just want to give you an example. Here, there is a conflict thousands of miles away. You know, Hamas attacks Israel. Uh, Israel has to retaliate and uh, do something about uh, all the barbaric, you know, um, you know, murders and rapes and so on and so forth, kidnapping. And then we have massive demonstrations in this country. And then their slogan comes out, um, from river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And I don't know how many people thought about the implications of that uh, slogan, but uh, what I do know is that when all these folks who are shouting, they're very young, they're very emotional, and so on and so forth, from river to the sea, which river are you talking about? They couldn't name the river, or the majority actually said it was the Nile River in Egypt. Oh, my goodness. You know, no, no, no. This, this is a fact. Well, I think over 65%, you know, which tells you something, which tells you that the culture of, you know, throwing things, you know, I, I would call them grenades, which sound really PC, politically correct, but are fundamentally very unethical and immoral. And I have to say, in this case, genocidal, because if you are asking for the creation of a Palestinian state from the Jordan River, not Nile, to the Mediterranean Sea, you're actually calling for the destruction of the state of Israel. Uh, you know, how much thought did it take to maybe take a class or read a book or pick up an article or sit in front of a computer and check what river it is and what am I calling for before you actually come to the street and shout that. See, when we are at that level of shallowness in our culture and in our educational system, the result is anyone can come, throw a sentence grenade in there and basically hijack something which could be legitimately, yeah, you're critical of the state of Israel, criticize Israel. Israelis criticize Israel more than anybody else. But from river to the sea, really? I mean, this is what you're calling for, destruction of another state in order for the Palestinians to have their own state? This is unconscionable. But this is the state of um, uh, the state of affairs we are in, basically. And gentlemen, we're up against a break, but uh, sloganeering is never a good way to uh, to conduct, you know, any, any sort of political exercise. Uh, it's got to have some some sort of basis in fact. Anyway, we're going to come right back. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. Emmett and Catherine are both waiting to visit with you, gentlemen. The KGVO Book Club rolling right along. The War on the West with the author Douglas Murray is what we're discussing today. If you want to get in on the conversation. We have several phone lines open at 721-1290. We'll be back right after this. I'm Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. An air stagnation advisory remains in effect for areas of freezing fog, burning off to mostly cloudy skies this afternoon with highs just below freezing. Things should start to change overnight tonight as we see a disturbance push in that could bring some mixed precipitation for the Tuesday morning commute with possible snow showers or freezing rain. But that should stop by midday as we warm up just above freezing. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with highs in the upper 30s. Back to some sun and highs in the 40s on Thursday. 
Hey, we're back. This is Talk Back, 721-1290. That's uh, the number. And we have more and more callers joining all the time with the KGVO Book Club. Uh, the War on the West, uh, authored by Douglas Murray, Dr. Mirdad Key on the phone, Dr. Michael Mayer here in the studio. And uh, shall we continue, gentlemen? Let's get another call. All right, let's do that. Uh, Emmett, good morning. You've been holding the longest, sir. You're on Talk Back. Go ahead. For taking my call. Well, I also wonder if this war on the West and Western civilization isn't all, and European culture isn't also attack on deliberately our culture, our music, our movies, classical music, our hit, not just our history, but our whole culture, and even Christianity itself, tear down Christianity. Uh, case in point, in my old apartment, a neighbor, I told a neighbor that I had gone to the German festival here at Karis Park, and I really enjoyed it, you would know what he said. He said that that was the most racist thing he had ever heard of, and he would rather me have attended a hip-hop concert. And he said, there's a hip-hop concert going on. And I couldn't believe it. You know, it is not racist to enjoy polka music <laughs> and German food, but that's the way he was thinking. I mean, the West and European culture has brought us Christmas Revels, which I have on tape and CD. They're beautiful Christmas celebrations from the 18th century, which are not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but are beautiful. And we have beautiful classical music and art. And I wonder if that's not also deliberately being torn down. It's like a lot of these leftists want our country to be the blandest, most unhappy, dreary place without any joy or happiness that these things bring. Even America brought us other things like culture, like Star Wars and the Super Friends and comic books and superheroes, things that we treasure. I wonder if there, if there isn't just like a war on goodness or joy to bring down Christianity, or am wow. I just missing the mark? Demet, uh, well said. Thank you, gentlemen. You want to respond to that? Michael? Yeah, well... Uh, in, in fact, Murray does make some some of those points. He points out that the attack on the West is an attack on culture, and it's an attack on uh, religion, uh, Western religions. It's a it's an attack on uh, the Enlightenment itself, the idea of rationality, um, and uh, an attack on Enlightenment philosophers, many of whom uh, Hume and uh, uh, Locke and so on are, are are deemed to be racist sometimes because they had stock in a company that. Uh, had stock in a company that, that that was engaged in the slave trade or something like right. like like this, um, while while giving a free pass to Marx, who really was a racist and an anti-Semite, um, but uh, it, it is an attack on all sorts of things. He talks about classical Murray talks about classical music, the attacks on classical music, and this whole idea of, of cultural appropriation and how when um, Western composers incorporate. Um, non-Western um, idioms of music into their music. It's considered cultural appropriation, but nobody has a problem with the Japanese having a philharmonic orchestra and, and, and so on. And again, the, the, this notion that it goes one way, it's an attack on, on our history too. And um, he, he talks about that. And uh, I'm not going to go, I, I think we should at some point, but I won't go into the 1619 Project right now, but that's another very good example of an attack on our history. You're done. Yeah. No, I, I, I was actually telling Mike, I think not recently, but at one point in recent past that, you know, I I grew up, you know, this is 1970s, a lot of people were talking about, you know, revolutions, you know, there was talk about the 40s, 50s, 60s, the time of these uh, 
sort of leftist revolutions in uh, China, Cuba, Algeria, and so on and so forth, and Vietnam, and so on and so forth. And then, uh, you know, uh, in Iran, where I grew up, there are all these leftists. And uh, I noticed uh, after the revolution of 79, uh, nobody went to Cuba or China or Soviet Union or Algeria, they all came to United States, you know. And I, the, the question I've always wondered is, if United States and uh, Central and West European countries are so evil, why do even leftists want to go and settle there rather than going to, let's say, China, Cuba, Soviet Union, uh, where they were telling us there are such great places to live and such great places we need to mimic and replicate. I always get a uh, kick out. Of, I, I always get a kick out of the yeah. celebrities who say, "I'm well, I'm, he's elected. I'm leaving this guy." You really? <laughs> no, they don't. They, they don't. But uh, many of them have the sense, at least, to say they're going to Canada or someplace. Yeah. But, <laughs> but 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 Mehdi's yeah. point is well taken because yeah. the traffic from totalitarian countries or between totalitarian countries in the U.S. is pretty much one way. Yeah, how, how come they yeah. all want to come here and, and come here illegally <laughs> yeah. if they have to, right? Anyway, yeah. all right, let, let's get yeah. another call in before we have to take a break. Uh, Catherine is back. Catherine, good morning. Thank you for holding. Go ahead, please. Yeah, good morning. Um, I'm curious to know whether, um, does he mention the influence of the Frankfurt School, uh, which is now embedded in Columbia University and has been for some time, the development of, of um, the critical theory and uh, the new school of social research in New York, and how that 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 and the Club of Rome, for example, too, um, have it instituted this march through all the institutions of the West. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Mir, 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 yeah. Mir, if you don't mind, let, let's take a quick oh, break because this yeah. this involves a longer answer. Catherine, yes, do you want to stay on the line or? Are you good? Uh, yes, please. Okay. Uh, we're going to come right back. 721-1290. We'll get uh, Catherine's question answered. Uh, we also have Harry waiting at seven other phone lines. This is the KGVO Book Club. We'd love to have you be a part of it. And we'll be right back. I'm Lenore with Fair. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I joined the Navy to serve my country while parachuting with my platoon. My parachute didn't open. I broke my neck. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Learn more at pva.org. If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA. There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, We've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov slash pact to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come to VA. Talk back, rolling right along. It's the KGVO Book Club, The War on the West uh, by Douglas Murray. Dr. Mirdad Kia on the phone. Dr. Michael Mayer here on the phone. Catherine had an uh, excellent question, uh, uh, a very substantive question with many parts. So I want to give uh, the gentleman plenty of time to answer. So Catherine's still on the line with us, by the way. So go ahead, Mirdad. Yeah. Catherine, uh, you asked a very, very uh, interesting and indeed outstanding question. Uh, so for for the listeners who don't know about the Frankfurt School, uh, Frankfurt School was school of thought 
in uh, sociology and critical theory, or some people would say critical philosophy, and it was associated with the Institute for Social Research, uh, which was founded at Goethe University, Frankfurt, uh, exactly in 1923. This is during the Weimar Republic, uh, before uh, Hitler and the Nazis rise to power. And, um, you know, they were basically intellectuals, academics, and political dissidents who were very um, dissatisfied with uh, uh, various uh, social and economic systems from capitalism to fascism to communism. And uh, they had read both Marx, Karl Marx, and Freud. And they wanted to create a synthesis between uh, Marxism and uh, Freudian psychoanalysis. And uh, so uh, they they began sort of this process of uh, writing books. And some of the greatest names, uh, not that uh, they are in our uh, thought process right now, but uh, Max Horkheimer, uh, Eric Fromm, Theodor Adorno. But uh, in this country, uh, we were greatly influenced by one of them, Herbert Marcuse, uh, who was a philosopher who taught in the California University system. And, uh, and uh, there is also uh, some other very interesting characters, uh, like uh, uh, Lukács, for example. The, uh, Georgi Lukács was a Hungarian uh, thinker. Uh, his uh, most famous book, History and Class Consciousness. Uh, these are uh, the ones who basically... Uh, sort of started what they refer to as uh, as um, a theory of social emancipation or emancipation project, as they called it. And uh, a lot of the sort of 60s student movement were very influenced by them, especially Marcuse. I think I've talked too much already, so <laughs> I will leave it to, uh, to uh, Mike to continue from there. Uh, Merida hit the hit the main point that the Frankfurt School was um, an attempt to uh, use Marx and Freud uh, together, which was kind of a weird combination anyway. But uh, to to understand modern capitalism and, and, and as a lens to ex- examine a, a modern capitalist society, and uh, Merida mentioned the, the the key players Adorno, Horkheimer. Um, uh, from Marcuse, who uh, came to the United States because they were leftist uh, dissidents who, who fled the Nazis. Um, Adorno and Horkheimer went back from state in the United States. Uh, Marcuse, as Merida said, stayed in the United States, taught at, at University of San Diego, um, or, or UC San Diego, I guess it was. And um, uh, the, going back to Catherine's question, which is, was, was a very good one, Murray does not refer back to them, although cr- the critical race theory that he does spend a good bit of time discussing is is based on the critical theory of the uh, of the Frankfurt School. So yeah, maybe yeah. maybe Catherine should have been a consultant to Murray. He would have done a better job. <laughs> Catherine, you're still on the line, so go ahead. Yeah, I, because I was just thinking about uh, of several thoughts that came out in my head. You know that. Karl Marx came from uh, the Germanic background, and Lenin was um, 
sent to Russia in a closed carriage by Germany to disable, you know, to destabilize the Russian uh, um, monarchy at the time. And all these things seem to originate from that particular area of Europe. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know if that means anything, but... Yeah, um, it does in many ways, Catherine, in this sense that yeah. uh, as uh, as Mikhail Bakunin uh, used to say in his writings, uh, Marx, coming from a very uh, embedded German philosophical sort of uh, tradition, uh, yeah. so-called Hegelian tradition, it was always yeah. about the state and power, right? Yeah. Total power and total state. Yeah, yeah, and from authoritarianism to a form of totalitarianism, which was actually put to practice then by another political culture, which has always been very autocratic, and that is the Russian, you know, sort of interpretation of Marxism under Lenin and Stalin, which made it right. even more totalitarian uh, when it was implemented in 1920s and 30s and 40s. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Uh, Thanks for the call, Catherine. Now we have time to get one more call in before the uh, bottom of the hour break. Harry, thank you for your patience. You're on with our guests. Go ahead, please. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Yeah, uh, this uh, whole war on the West, it's sort of a rehashing of what I've heard before. I mean, it's something that people can write books about and everything can run around, around with their hair on fire and uh, hyperventilate about. But, I mean, uh, they they... Like the kids, they say, like Mirdad said, they're ch chanting things. They don't know what they're talking about. And it sounds good, you know, from the sea, whatever, river to the sea. And it rhymes, and it makes a good chance. They, they're, not, they're not calling for the death of all Jews. I mean, it's just something, you know, it, maybe a few people at the very top might be or whatever. But it, uh, that's the trouble. It's always the loudest. The, uh, there's always a small group that are the loudest, and they get the most attention, and they say stuff. And the, uh, the other people, some follow along, but eventually it all sits through reality and people, you know, and that's why so much of it happens, I, I think, is in the colleges, because these guys, kids have time to, you know, do stuff like that. But when they get in the real world, you know, they had to work, they got kids, they got the, re you know, reality sifts it out and it, it really doesn't account for much. I mean, there's few thoughts come through and, you know, the, the culture, what is the culture? Cultures change. Culture is a fluid. I mean, and the immigrants coming in will change it, but not through force, by just by being there. I mean, the Irish introduced, you know, St. Patrick's Day, and, uh, you know, the, we have now, the, some people have, they have uh, uh, the parades, you know, uh, Day of the Dead, which is more of a, a Mexican, you know, thing, but is new to us. But, I mean, it's, it's not destroying culture. It just changes a little bit. And that, to me, you know, it, I just... I feel that this uh, whole thing is just a, like say, it's people running around with their hair on fire saying, oh, we're all going to die, or our culture's going away, <laughs> we're all going to turn into this or that, and uh, it's you know, it sells good books and it makes good talk, talking points, but that's about all for our sake. Reality sets it all out, and that's it. All right, Harry, thanks for the call. We're up against a break. We'll have our, 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 our gentleman, we'll have Dr. Kia and Dr. Mayer comment on that. When we come back, phone lines are open. Whatever might be on your mind this morning, especially when it deals with the war on the West, the KGVO Book Club continues. So we have lines open if you'd like to get in. Hello. We'll be right back after this. We are back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. And, of course, it's the KGVO Book Club. Joining us here in the studio, Dr. Michael Mayer. And on the phone, Dr. Mirdad Kia. And uh, Harry had some things to say. So, uh, gentlemen, go ahead. Go ahead, Mirdad. Mirdad, please. 
Yeah, no, I, I wish I, I could share Harry's. I, I know what he's saying, and it's a legitimate opinion, but uh, I, I, I wish I shared his um, optimism. You know, but I, I come from sort of reading history very differently. You know, there were a bunch of these uh, black shirts in Italy, you know, who were running around saying crazy things, and nobody even cared about what they were saying. Uh, and in fact, the leader was at one point from the left. He was a socialist. Then he became fascist, and his name was Benito Mussolini. And then there were these brown shirts guys, you know, who were running around uh, shouting stupid things, uh, um, you know, slogans against the Jews. And then they started breaking windows and so on and so forth. And suddenly, one of their leaders became the leader of Germany. Uh, and his name was Adolf Hitler. Um, I I think that uh, the you know uh, speech and uh, and uh, these slogans are uh, um, ignorant and troubling at the same time. And uh, it's very interesting the reaction in certain countries. For example, Germany itself has been far more. Um, far more concerning than uh, than what w- you would have thought. Uh, you know, the German government has basically uh, gone against any demonstration which shouts a, a certain uh, number of slogans uh, from river to the sea because they understand this can spread and this can also uh, become very uh, dangerous in terms of political ideas and political platforms. I am not for any form of censorship. I'm a, uh, you know, sort of, as Mike knows, I'm a big-time supporter of free speech at all levels. But I do believe that uh, when you you actually shout openly racist and genocidal um, uh, slogans, there has to be some kind of consequences. Uh, your ignorance does not forgive you for your ignorance. Uh, your ignorance can be deadly and can turn into a very explosive uh, sort of situation in the society. Do you know? And it's very troubling to me. I, I, would, I would ask you, gentlemen, uh, when, when people are marching down the street, uh, sloganeering, uh, do you realize how much courage it takes to step out in front and say, "What? What do you know? What you're actually saying? Do you understand?" What, without yeah. getting hit over the head with a placard or yeah. getting beaten yeah. up or whatever it might be, that takes a great deal of courage. Yeah, mobs are terrifying, and, um, <laughs> and, and there have been histories written of the mobs in the French Revolution and so on. Um, and, and that didn't come out as well as it might have. Uh, the uh, and, and I think the the, the continuous repetition of what, what amounts to slanders on on the West and on other things, attacks on in the Enlightenment patterns of thought. Enlightenment patterns of thought enable us to have a rational discourse uh, without resorting to uh, violence and without resorting to uh, uh, either isolating completely or exterminating uh, people who don't agree with us, whether it's the Spanish Inquisition or, um, or the French Revolution or the Russian Revolution, the Chinese Revolution. Uh, it, it's... Uh, and and I, I agree completely with Meredith. I, th- I think that the, these these things, uh, a lot of it is kids just going along. And but it's it's very concerning. And as as Meredith uh, said, you know, the, a lot of people in Germany just said, "Oh, those guys in brown shirts, they're just they're just buffoons." It's a phase. Yeah, uh, and um, and and that that also turned out badly. But uh, again, when we look at 
the allegations of genocide, which is thrown around for every killing. Genocide is the attempt or the successful attempt to eliminate uh, an entire category of people. And uh, you, you hear a lot of, you know, that's thrown around very loosely. Um, but uh, like the genocide of the Middle Passage, slaves brought from Africa to uh, the New World. Uh, the purpose of that, those voyages, even though there was an enormous disregard for human life and all the rest, was not genocide. It was to bring them alive to the New World where they would be slaves. Uh, where, where, where they would be enslaved and work uh, for people. So the purpose was, was not the extermination of those people. That would have been uh, counterproductive economically. And yet, uh, again, with the, the, the chant from the river to the sea, uh, there are Arabs in Israel, uh, Palestinian Arabs, uh, who vote, uh, who serve in parliament, um, who even were in the cabinet of the last government. Um, in, in Israel. There are no Jews in Gaza for a very, very good reason. And if Hamas controlled from the river to the sea, the, the same thing would be true. You've seen what their solution to uh, having Jews in, in territory that Hamas has even temporary control over. So I, I, while, while I think Harry makes a good point that um, you know, some of this is just ignorance and college students, it's, it's still concerning. It's still, it's, it's still dangerous. Yeah. You bet. Yeah, gentlemen. And you know what, what, what uh, just one sentence, what really also worries me is the cowardice of the political establishment, and especially in my area, the cultural and educational leadership in this country. You saw what happened in front of our eyes with presidents of three universities, uh, Harvard, uh, MIT, and University of Pennsylvania. And uh, instead of showing any form of rational reaction, they played politics, and they played legalistic politics. They probably asked their lawyers to write a, you know, three sentences so they can repeat in case they were asked questions instead of taking the moral and ethical stand and condemn such genocidal slogans. And uh, this was embarrassing to watch in on our TV sets, and they should not be forgotten. And it's, it's also good to remember in history, slogans sometimes become yes. historical. Yes. Right? And, and, so, and, and I yeah. think that, that uh, Murray makes a very good point that, that um, Meridad was just making, which is that the, the, one of the most alarming things is that the, the leaders of our cultural institutions surrender without giving, without firing a shot or having a shot fired at them. Right, they're firing, they're firing the shots. Right, we're going to come right back. Uh, Skip, Helena, and Wingnut are all waiting to talk with us once again. Nick's on the phone with somebody else as well. KGBO Book Club rolling right along. The War on the West by Douglas Murray is the book that we're studying today with our two professors, and we appreciate them being with us. We're going to come right back after this. Small. We are back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. The phone lines have exploded. So uh, Dr. Mirdad Kia joining us on the phone. Dr. Michael Mayer here in the studio. Let's get moving. Skip, good morning. You're on TalkBack, uh, the KGVO Book Club. Go ahead. And good morning, all of you gentlemen. And I hope you enjoyed the game. And uh, now it's time to get back to what we're doing. And I would say all of these pieces of history this may not uh, be something that either either of our professors want to take off on today, but please know that there's a piece of history being destroyed as we speak, unless there was a federal injunction against it during the night. And it is the reconciliation statue that is in our own 
Arlington National Cemetery. The cranes were at the gate and ready to dismantle that this morning. And if anybody would like to explain the history behind that statue that was put up about 40 years after the Civil War, uh, maybe some people would learn a lot about what's happening right here in our country. Uh, I wanted to bring up that yesterday during the day and evening uh, on different programs, Rand Paul and Lindsey Graham were both on explaining their, their versions of why we are not uh, at this point uh, sending money to Ukraine and the legislation that would have to happen and the, and the Democrat side of it uh, as to why they, they want what they want versus why some Republicans are holding out. And uh, some of it had to do with the migrants need to be staying in Mexico and then instead of just getting let loose here uh, before they're processed. And then also uh, the the monies that I think my dad brought up at one point, not today, but in another conversation, having to do with our money is providing the retirees pensions in Ukraine. Uh, government pensions, and then uh, that the monies that uh, that are not in the package to replace the weapons, the old weapons that we're sending over there. Those were three points that they brought up. So there's two subjects. Please give us some answers on that if you can, and enlighten us as to how it might go. Thank just, you very just, much. Just real quick, historically, the I've got it up here: the Richmond or slavery reconciliation statue. Completes the Triangle of Richmond, the city of Liverpool, England, and the Republic of Benin, each of which played a prominent role in the slave trade. Three identical statues symbolize a commitment to new relationships based on honesty and forgiveness. So, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's a, it's a horrible thing happened today, and I think it will be underway as we speak. Okay, so. thank you for the call. Gentlemen, go ahead. Well, the statue was... Um, uh, an attempt at uh, marking or, or promoting reconciliation after the Civil War, and um, it, it, it's a very mixed history. And uh, any any such memorial today may leave a, 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 may may affront people. And uh, and in fact, as the great Southern historian C. Van Woodward said. Um, uh, reconstruction uh, or the end of reconstruction reconciliation was accomplished on the back of of African Americans and uh, it meant in many ways the abandonment of, of the North protecting uh, black rights in the south and it's it's a it's a difficult history but I think the answer rather than taking down statutes like that is to use the uh, the use the occasion and the statute to explain the um the 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 difficult and 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 tortured history that that it represents i i don't think just taking down statues willy-nilly um is is a particularly good idea i understand the idea that the people who fought for the confederacy were fighting against the union and um in the case particularly of the officers who had been at west point or in the um in the u.s army they they were breaking their oaths they were traitors um, i i i understand i, I understand that but the the, the statue for whatever flaws that we we might point out in both the the motivation and the statuary itself um is uh it was an attempt at bringing the country together um a- after the civil war and it it took it it took a while and it took you know we we tend to get a very short chapter on reconstruction in a textbook but it 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 
it took a lot longer than that. And with the end of Reconstruction, again, we, we, you wind up with the South, the poorest area of the country, you, uh, the, the rise of Jim Crow in the 1890s. And um, it, it's, 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 certainly, it's certainly an ugly history. But um, uh, again, I, I think that the, the just, just taking down that statue ignores some of the motivation behind it and some of the issues that, that probably should still be discussed. Mirdad. You know, I, I completely agree with Michael. I personally believe that it doesn't matter how ugly of a history uh, and slavery was uh, and uh, you know, the worst kind of uh, systems. Uh, you still, instead of destroying things, you should use uh, uh, these statues, monuments, whatever, as a form of educating. You know, as a form of informing, as a form of enlightening uh, the new generation about history, and uh, and uh, you know, uh, use them as a means of uh, understanding uh, the evil nature of slavery and the evil nature of oppression, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, when you destroy things, you're actually thinking that you're eradicating or eliminating or whatever, but they, they're still in history books and they're still going to be discussed. Uh, and uh, these things should not be erased. In fact, I think they should be used as a means of making ourselves more educated and enlightened. Exactly. Or- Orwell. Remember we, uh, a few months back, t- did a biography of, of Orwell. Orwell's uh, in 1984 said he who controls the past controls the present. He who controls no, he who controls the present controls the past. He who controls the past controls the future. Well said. Let's try to get one more call in before we have to take a break. Helena is back. Helena, good morning. We have time for you to state your question, then we'll take a one minute break. So go ahead, please, ma'am. Uh, thank you. My question is whether this internal war on the West that we are discussing this morning, whether the dynamics of it have any impact on American uh, U.S. foreign policy. Um, I think that explains my question pretty well, and I will wait for your answer offline. All right. Thanks for the call. So we'll come back after this one-minute time out and tackle that. Uh, good luck, gentlemen. We're going to come right back after this one-minute break. We're back on Talk Back. Okay, uh, gentlemen, uh, Helena had some interesting things to say there. Go ahead, please. I think, I, I think that um, she makes a, an excellent point because when uh, you look at um, Barack Obama, who believed that the United States uh, participation in whether you call it colonialism or, um, or, or imperialism uh, was responsible for events in Iran and the United and it was a response to the United States sponsoring uh, a coup in 1953 which as we've talked about on this show was really an, an Iranian coup the United States pr- provided some logistical support um, but th- that that notion of American guilt uh, it, really did guide his sense of what policy should be and that toward Iran and that we could sit down and um, have a sensible discussion with uh, the murderous tyrants who, who were in charge. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, building on that, it's very interesting. We were actually talking about it. I was talking about it to Mike that uh, there, there, was, there was part of the establishment which believed that we had uh, committed a, a major, a fatal mistake in 1953 by supporting the Shah. We should actually correct that, and we should support the true 
uh, you know, Iranian leaders uh, who enjoy uh, more popularity inside Iran. So in 1979, the Carter administration actually threw its lot behind somebody by the name of, I think, Ayatollah Khomeini. (laughs) And uh, there is now emerging uh, many more documents which shows that, in fact, the Carter administration was trying to push the Shah out of Iran, uh, handing the power to his opponents, especially on the more religious side of the divide because they were anti-communist and uh, they were, uh, according to Washington, they were pro-capitalism and anti-communist. Therefore, they could be potential allies in the long run and see what happened. Uh, It actually backfired on uh, President Carter. Uh, The same people that we were supporting seized the U.S. Embassy in November 1979. They held the hostages until President Carter lost the election to Ronald Reagan, and then they released the hostages to the Reagan administration. See, these kinds of beliefs that we were guilty, we need to correct them, uh, can have major major adverse results. The same thing happened, by the way, under uh, President Obama's administration. We were guilty for for, uh, subverting democracy in Egypt. Uh, President Obama calls President Mubarak of Egypt, a long-term ally, and he asks him to step down. Well, uh, President Mubarak stepped down, and there are uh, sort of semi-free elections held. Who comes to power? Muslim Brotherhood. Who is Muslim Brotherhood? Muslim Brotherhood is the very organization from which Hamas uh, has emerged. So uh, corrective politics uh, by feeling guilty, I think, is one of the worst kind of politics one can adopt. Okay, let's uh, try to get another call in before we have to, uh, well, we only have five minutes left in our time together. Wingnut is back. Mr. Nutt, go ahead, please. Yes, uh, Harry's comments kind of torched me off, and I, and I had some perhaps rhetorical questions to, to ask. And Would Harry feel so ho-hum if it's his wife and daughters who were being raped by the rape gangs that are in Europe? Uh, would Harry feel so ho-hum if it was historical landmarks and, and cultural places that he favored if they were being torn down. How would Harry feel about if his kids were being taught two plus two equals five or boys and girls participating in the same sports teams or locker rooms? And lastly, you know, uh, he seems very much in favor of, of just it's all ho-hum about preaching genocide, whether that be for the Jews or the Armenians or the Kurds or the Uyghurs. And Harry, would you be so ho-hum if it was genocide of the Harrys? That's my rhetorical questions for today. All right. Thank you for the call. Uh, do we have time for one more? We have like three minutes uh, left, so let's get Emmett. Emmett, real quick, in less than a minute, if you can state your point. Go ahead. Um, yeah, Wingnut stated it better than I uh, could, but at the same time, there is, um, you know, an attack. it isn't just we have new cultures and new type of music and that kind of thing. There is an attack on Western music and, you know, um, you know, European music. There was an attack on me, on my friend, you know, who said that it was racist to go down to Karis Park and, and dance to the music. That's, that's bizarre. There is an attack when they, they say you'd rather listen, you should listen to hip hop. And when you tear down statues of American history, that's definitely an attack. So to be ho-hum about this, 
well, how can you say there is an attack when um, Antifa is attacking these things deliberately, I think, to try and bring down Western culture? All right. I'm sure if I talk to Antifa and say <laughs> I like classical music, they would be horrified. So in less than one minute, <laughs> Abbott, that's my comment. Thank you for the call. Okay, gentlemen, what's our next book and when and where? The next book is Gerard Baker. Um, it's called American Breakdown. And... Um, uh, is, the last name is spelled B-A-K-E-R, just as it sounds. And it's about the loss of faith in American institutions, which is a, kind of a follow-on to yeah. some, of the, some of the issues that we've talked about today. Uh, for people who want to get it, it's uh, published by 12, which is a division of Hachette uh, Publishing. And so you, you can probably find it in, in bookstores, but if you can't, uh, online, or you can go directly to the Hachette, H-A-C-H-E-T-T-E website. And uh, again, the author's name is Gerard Baker, and the book's name is American Breakdown. All right. Uh, Mirdad, final thoughts about today's conversation, sir? Uh, uh, my final thought is I wish a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all our listeners, to you, Peter, and to Nick, and to your families. And uh, I, I, I wish a very, very relaxing and enjoyable holiday season for uh, all of our listeners and the entire uh, uh, wonderful community that is Missoula, Montana. And the same to you, both of you gentlemen. Yeah, and I certainly second that. You bet. And uh, by the way, Nick and I are taking the week between Christmas and New Year's off, so there'll be no Montana morning. There'll, uh, the, be Montana oh, there, there will be Montana morning. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. There will be Montana morning with Ace, and uh, Nick and I will be taking that week off from Talkback. So there you go. We'll see you in the new year. You bet. Thank you, gentlemen. Happy holidays Merry to Christmas everybody. Merry Christmas and Happy, happy New Year to everyone. Thank you very much. All right. So, Nick, what's coming up on tomorrow's fabulous uh, radio program, sir? Uh, we're going to have open uh, phones from 8 to 8.30. And then uh, Robin Driscoll, the chair of the Montana Democratic Party, she'll join us from 8.30 to 9.00. Uh, Don Kay will not be able to join us tomorrow from 9 to 9.30. Uh, we're hoping Troy Downing will be able to join us from 9.30 to 10. So, yeah, we'll kind of have open phones and a guest, open phones and a guest, hopefully. So. Yeah, so we'll talk a little politics. Uh, yeah, we, nothing wrong with that as we get close to the end of the year. Why not? And, and, and again, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. And congratulations once again. University of Montana Grizzlies who pulled it out of the fire over the weekend and uh, and the tremendous win uh, over North Dakota State University, very uh, classic football game we'll all remember, headed to Frisco, Texas. And uh, so get out there and enjoy the day. We'll see you tomorrow.